Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won. G'day guys, welcome to the Supercoach Summer Series between the Rugby League Guru and Natty from the Weekly Rub Down. Mate, are we excited or what? Big time, mate. I love the name. Uh, it's it's good to be talking Supercoach this early on. I, I, I don't think I've been this quick off the mark um, ever, to be honest, in Supercoach. So it's good to be talking um, some, some Supercoach players um, when everyone's talking about cricket. I'm glad you threw in Supercoach there because I believe your missus does call you the Greyhound in the bedroom. Yes. Yeah, mate. Yep. Yep. You got it. You've been talking to her, have you? I have been. I have been. I, I got a little bit of inside mail. Now, obviously, <laughs> this Supercoach Summer Series, this will be uh, between both of us. I'm sure Wook will join us at some point as well. Uh, so this will be on both of our platforms, which is exciting. Bit of a collaboration podcast, I guess you would call it. I, I thought we in might collab. do the old... Uh, the old family uh, uh, voicemail where we say a word each when we introduce it. That, that would have been pretty cute, right? Yeah, uh, hard pass on that, mate. Let, yeah, let's just keep going. Is there is there any bigger red flag than when your mate gets a <laughs> missus and, and that used to be the old uh, the <laughs> no voicemail? Thanks. That is a run to the hills if I've ever yep. seen it. No, thank you. No, thank you. Now, mate, tonight we've got... Three three categories and three players we're going to go through. The first one is a loaded gun. So this is an out-and-out weapon where I'm assuming this guy will be in the top 10 of nearly every single draft competition. That's Latrell Mitchell. We'll be touching on him first. Our next one is a bit of a wild card. Uh, a bit hard to predict where this guy is going to land next year. A bit hard to predict where he's going to be drafted. And even harder to predict how it's going to turn out for him. It is Matty Burton, obviously leaving the Panthers, arriving at the Canterbury Bulldogs. He's our wild card. And then our third one is our bang-for-your-buck player, name come up by you, a sensational one. It's got rub down written all over it just quietly. Oh, yeah. Katoni oh, yeah. Staggs. Uh, I cannot wait to talk about him. He's one of my favorites. Three sensational players, three guys that, I mean, if all three of them were in the top 20, 30 players at the end of the season, wouldn't be a huge shock. Uh, but I think there's, there's two guys here that it really could go either way. Actually, it could go either way with all three of them. But... We'll dive into the first one first, mate. Latrell Mitchell. Now, finished last season with an 82-point average, which was incredibly impressive considering he wasn't goal-kicking because Adam Reynolds was there. Uh, he now gains that. Uh, the other part of this is that he's just fullback. He used to be fullback center wing, so that hurts a little bit. Obviously, fullback is a pretty hot field. Uh, but, I mean, if you're going in the first 10 picks, which I assume Latrell Mitchell will be, uh, fullback is a great spot to fill there. But before we get into some stats and stuff, is Latrell a top five pick or is he a top ten pick for you? I've got him as a solid five pick. Like, 
I've got him in there at pick five. Now, when I do a little bit more uh, analysis and study um, through the rubdown and and do the ranking stuff, I've already I've sort of already come up with a bit of a conundrum with Latrell, and that's I can see in some leagues the merit of taking uh, Grant over Latrell just because of the the depth of the position for Hooker. But at the moment, I've got him as a solid pick at number five. Of course, the first round, it's a really interesting one because you just said pick five, for example. And, you know, if you were to get him at pick eight or nine, though, good God, I think you've got really good value there out of Latrell. Huge value, massive value. And I'm, and so when you're talking, and I'm sure we'll get into this in, in a second, you're talking about a guy that's got a, a few what-ifs about his, his super coach game um, and his output and, and what he's going to do as a player for the South Sydney Rabbitohs with, you know, Bennett and, and Adam Reynolds and, and things of that nature with the team going on. When he, If he slips to the later part of the first round, when like you're saying, seven, eight, nine, that's where the value lies for Latrell Mitchell. I mean, mate, you just mentioned that he's going to be missing Adam Reynolds, and I think South Sydney will will suffer off the back of that. Now, when I say South Sydney will suffer, I think they fall from a top four team to maybe a top six team. I really don't think the fall will be that hard. Uh, I, I don't think they'll compete with those top teams, but I also think there's enough really shitty teams in this competition for South Sydney to beat up on, and I know Latrell Mitchell, he will play a role in that. Now, I think they will have less attacking opportunities in some games because Adam Reynolds isn't there. But because Adam Reynolds isn't there, it means that Latrell Mitchell, he will grab the goal-kicking role, you would have to assume. So, really interesting one. I mean, does does him adding the goal-kicking, does that equal out some points he might lose because of Reynolds? Or did you, do you just think the goal-kicking blows it out of the water? I think, obviously, it's, you know, it's going to add at least 12 points to his game. I mean... The way South played last year, Adam Reynolds was averaging 17, 18 points a game just in goal kicks. Now, I'm not saying that Latrell's going to to average that. I don't think South flogged teams like they were in, in 2021 season. But I think it, it definitely helps his average. I think uh, it's immeasurable what Adam Reynolds does for the South Sydney Rebels. Not only um, his kicking game, his in-game kicking, so putting his team into the position for really great attacking opportunities, but also everyone else can play their game with with confidence. So Cookie, he knows what Adam Reynolds wants. He's putting the ball where he needs it. Then Cody Walker can just freely play his game. We know that it's eyes-up football. It's very instinctive. He doesn't have to really worry about steering the ship or doing anything with the team. He's just playing everything instinctively. And then same with Latrell Mitchell. See, he's playing off the back of that. Now you bring in a young kid. I've heard that it's going to be that Lachlan... What's his last name? Lachlan Ilias. Yep. So he he's going to be in there at, at seven. So everyone else sort of... It changes their game a little bit. You know, you know it's not going to be so free-flowing for Cook out of dummy half. He's got to worry about the seven, what he's going to do. Those combinations are going to take time. Um, and also, what's it going to do to, to do with Cody Walker's game? Is he going to be more of a general now? Does that affect Latrell Mitchell's game? So there's a lot of what-ifs here. And I think Adam Reynolds not being in this side is going to hurt these guns. But the thing, like you said, with Latrell, he's getting that goal kicking. So you, you're sort of right with what you said. It sort of offsets one another. 
Let me ask you this. You take Wayne Bennett out of the picture as well. Now, traditionally, uh, Wayne Bennett, he has got the very best out of Indigenous players that he's had in his team over a long period of time. Uh, I think he's got the very best out of Latrell Mitchell over the last few years when we were all a little bit worried about how he was going to go at fullback. You change the coaching around. Are you a little bit worried about that aspect of things? 100%. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a worry. And again, it's another what if. It's another unknown. How are these guys going to, especially like you said, the Indigenous players, how are these guys going to go with not having Wayne there as the coach? I think he'll still be thereabouts with the team in and out. I'm, I'm sure they'll um, stay in contact you know, off the field as well. I think he'll, he'll still, especially this year before he moves on to the Dolphins, um, he'll still be in contact with these guys, but I think it will affect their game, and I, especially at the start of the season. I think the South Sydney Rabbitohs will will really limp into the 2022 season. It's going to take time for everyone with the new system, uh, with the new players, working out how this young kid wants to play. Obviously, with the seven on his back, it's a lot of responsibility steering this side. How is Cody Walker and Latrell Mitchell going to play the game? Are they going to sweep from both sides? Are they going to play both sides together? We've seen that happen before. Now, if they do that, I love that for both their super coach output. Or are they going to just stay in their corridors and sort of play a more structured system so that this kid can get his feet? It's, it's, it's a lot of unknowns which is hard when you're going to draft someone so early at pick five like we're saying you said to me at the end of 2022 that you know adam adam reynolds left and latrell mitchell took it upon himself to be more involved with this team and that upped his points i could see that narrative coming true but if you also said to me you know latrell mitchell's only been ever been coached by two guys trent robinson and wayne bennett all of a sudden next year he's getting coached by a rookie coach Without a halfback, it could it could quite easily go to shit as well. But the bright thing, the bright side about Latrell, when I have a look at his scores from this year, uh, he only went below forty seven once. Uh, sorry, that no, his lowest score was forty seven. Yeah, that's, that's his flaw. Which that's is, his flaw. Now, if you look at the year before, he had three scores under. 25. So it looks like he's sort of eliminated those games out of out of his um, out of his game now. And like I remember watching him the year before, and there was games where he'd score two and three tries, and he'd score 80 points. He just doesn't mm. seem to be that sort of a player anymore. He has become a real ceiling guy. You throw in the goal kicking, as we said, and I mean 2021, um, he scored over 60 points 82 percent of the time in 2020. He did it on only only forty three percent of the time, so he's he's almost doubled that, which is incredible. Exactly, and you look at that average of eighty two and his ceiling of one three eight. I mean, I could almost guarantee that both of those numbers will increase. I think that eighty two is quite low for what he can even even in a team that doesn't have Adam Reynolds. I just think the way he plays the game, the way the how fast the game is now, how tired the defenders are at certain parts of the game. I mean, you see Latrell Mitchell when he's up and about, it's toward the back end of each half when, you know, there's tired defenders about. So I think I think he can incre- increase both. I think his ceiling goes up. I think you'll see a couple of big games out of him where it might pip up around that 170, 180. Um, it's just maybe the consistency won't be there. Like you said, his consistency was really good for 2021. His coefficient variance was like 34%, which is fantastic for him. It's not something that we attribute that to his game. Um, so that might suffer. But today's game, you'll want these ceiling players. And I think Latrell, regardless 
of you know the halfback situation, the coaching situation. I think you're going to get that ceiling player out of Latrell Mitchell. Well, let's say for example, if his if his goal kicking adds twelve points to his game, I mean, all of a sudden we're talking about a ninety five average potentially, which is what Nathan Cleary was averaging last year. So Latrell Mitchell. He really could be anything. And when you have a look at his draw, obviously South Sydney, they open up really hard. He misses the first few weeks. But then when you get to Supercoach Finals, uh, round 22, he plays Parramatta. So, you know, a a pretty even scale game, I guess. Uh, Round 23, he plays the Panthers. That's a worry for me. Round 24, he plays the Cowboys. So I'm almost happy to pencil him in for 100 there. Yep. Um, Grand final week, though. If your grand final is round 25, uh, they've got the Roosters that week. And for me, I don't think South Sydney will have a top four spot locked up. Um, So I'm sort of expecting them to be playing all their guys that week. I'm not sure if the rookie coach will will rest all of his fellas too. But, mate, if your grand final is in round 24 and Latrell Mitchell is playing the Cowboys, good God, he has to look good, doesn't he? Licking your fucking lips, baby. He he'll he'll dust the Cowboys. No worries about that. And I think sort of we're we're dumbing down here to two two schools of thought, right? So one school of thought is that the extra responsibility and the need of South for him to do more that will translate into you know more super coach output. Have have his hands uh, on the ball more. He's going to be in and around. He's going to be floating around Cody Walker both sides of the field. He's just going to be in and around the action more. The second school of thought is the lack of direction and kicking game with the absence of Adam Reynolds will ultimately hurt South attacking and then obviously hurting their guns and their supercoach output. So it is a gamble, but I will ask you this. Alluded to it earlier, pick five, who are you taking, Harry Grant or Latrell Mitchell? Knowing that, especially with the news and the, and the movements and you know trading that's gone on with the hookers already before the 2022 season and the lack of depth in at the hooking position as well, are you, go, are you taking Latrell with that seal, high ceiling or are you, or you going to go for Harry Grant, lock up that hooking spot and then circle back around, pick someone up like Nico Hines or Reese Walsh or someone like that? Uh, to be honest with you, mate, it's it's a decision I hope I don't have to make. Yeah, this is tough. really not where I want to be sitting, and I think this is more of a question to ask in trials. I think if we get an idea that Brandon Smith is definitely going to play thirteen, I yep. would probably go for Harry Grant. To be honest yep. with you, um, in saying that, if Nelson Osofa Solomona isn't playing rugby league for the Melbourne Storm in twenty twenty two, that also helps uh, hurts Harry Grant a little bit for me. But Latrell Mitchell, there is just so much mystery and. The, the, I keep bringing up the coach because the thing that worries me is that on grand final night, whenever they flashed up to that coach's box, Wayne Bennett was cool as a cucumber. Mate, Demetrio looked like he was having a fucking fit up there and that that really worries me. I think there's going to be enough stressful moments next year for the South Sydney Rabbitohs as it is. What I saw that night really worries me how he's going to go under pressure and I understand it's a grand final. I get that. But the reality is you're stepping into the spot that Wayne Bennett was in. So if you come in like a flaming fucking lunatic when everything's going wrong, worry for me. And I'm not sure how Latrell Mitchell responds to that because he's never been in that situation before. He's been with Trent Robinson. He's been with Wayne Bennett. I think I'd have to go Harry Grant solely because I'm just worried about the mystery surrounding South Sydney. If he goes on to kick an extra, you know, 15 points in goals and he averages 95, I, I will cop it on the chin. But right now, there's just a bit too much mystery around it for me. I totally agree. I'm with you. I'm probably going to take Harry Grant. I would rather 
have a combination of Harry Grant and say someone like Gutho or Reese Walsh or Nico Hines at fullback than the alternative of having Latrell at my fullback spot and then having to scrape together these fucking pieces of pieces of shit that's left in the hooking spot because it, it, it gets very dire very quick. The other thing I'm worried about with Latrell is that I'm not expecting everything to be as rosy as it was in 2021. We know that at times he has got a brain explosion in his game. He could miss out on oh. key moments of this season at any fucking point. And it's just a worry. And I know the counter-argument is Harry Grant's had a couple of injuries the last few years. I understand that. Uh, but injuries can happen to anyone. I know that Harry Grant isn't going to have a brain explosion and be suspended for six weeks. I know that referees aren't after Harry Grant. You know, I, I just it's just another factor to it that I've got to consider when he's my number one pick in a deep league. Mate, you can bet your cock balls that he'll spend time on the sidelines due to suspension. It's got to happen at some point. It will happen at some point. Hopefully, Latrell Mitchell has turned the corner. He learned a hard lesson last year, and he's just going to take on a new role for South Sydney. And if he does, good God, he's the guy that you'll want in Supercoach if you don't have a Tom Trevojevic or a James Tedesco or a Nathan Cleary. Can I ask you this? Can you see yep. a world where a Latrell Mitchell goes third in a draft competition? Ah, Well, you shouldn't. Can, can you see him going fourth? So and so, Walker and I on the on the weekly rubdown, we did a comparison, a bit of a standoff where Walker was batting for Latrell and I was batting for uh, Little Puppy, yep. and so we, we sort of went head to head with stats and and, and the out, the outmake of the teams and everything like that, and we sort of came to the conclusion that Little Puppy is a solid pick four and maybe even a pick three in some leagues. Like, I'm not going to scoff at people for taking Little Puppy over Teddy. I just believe Teddy's in for some sort of season in 2022, so I've got him at three. But I don't think Latrell beats those two. So it looks like we're pretty set on Latrell Mitchell going somewhere at five, six, seven. That's sort of where we see him going next year on draft day. Yep, and I also know that fuck pick five. I do not want pick five. Yeah, I don't want any of that smoke. I'd rather pick six so that someone else makes the decision for me and you I don't have to stew on it. Yeah, that's where I want to be. Mate, let's dive into our wild card player, and it is Matty Burton. Now, obviously leaving the Penrith Panthers, he averaged 66 last year. When he was playing in the halves, he averaged 70 with scores of 41 65, 108, 18, 67, 62, and 134. Is the 70 average when playing in the halves? Obviously, he's going to be playing the halves for Canterbury. For me, it's a bit of a mirage. Tell me, what, what, what do you feel when you hear that? 100%. We're comparing the Premiers to the Spooners, aren't we? So, I mean, yes, it's you know it's a fantastic average. I mean, even if you... you dive in deeper and you look at the four games he played at 5-8 when the Panthers were heavily hampered with injury um, and they were resting a lot of blokes through State of Origin uh, in and around State of Origin, he still averaged you know, 63-64 so Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's, 
you know, and that's not without the weapons that, you know, at his disposal. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. I, I think he could probably, he has the potential to average six between 60 and 65 or thereabouts. But there's, again, we're talking about another player. here. plenty of what ifs, plenty of unknowns. Um, and with that average and the way that he came onto the scene for the Panthers playing at center, all those tries he scored, a part of plenty of fucking highlight packages for the Panthers as well. Um, everybody's going to be all over his dick in the drafts. He's going to go way too early for where his value lies, and I'm definitely going to let someone else take him. Mate, when I look at these numbers and, and I consider that he averaged 70 when he was playing in the halves and he averaged 66 for the season, is it a little bit underwhelming considering how well he played in the best team to only average... Like, 66 is a good average. Don't get me wrong. But considering he was on the best edge in rugby league, he had a hand in most of their tries and scored a heap himself. Is it a little bit underwhelming? Mate, we talked, Wook and I talked about this a lot in the weekly rubdown, talking about Matt Burton saying, careful of the game when he doesn't score a try. Yeah. Be careful of when he doesn't cross the white line because he really does nothing else. It just so happened that game rarely happened he was scoring tries left right and center like he was fucking amazing getting over the line but he just didn't have that base to go with it and i think there might have been one game when he didn't score and he, he might have been in the 30s or something it was really like his game he he's one of those players that just likes to stay in his corridor doesn't like to get out make the tough hit ups doesn't like to do much else he just wants the ball put up on a silver platter for him you know and that might be because you know he's not a center um, originally, you know, he's he's a, a half five eight. So I don't know. It's in the games that I can remember with him in the halves. Like he's obviously a running um, half or five eight, big body five eight. You know, he's a, a bit of a throwback. And I think his running game it's going to open up opportunities for blokes around him. Um, obviously, the dual five eight CTW, which he will be in Supercoach, that's sexy as fuck as well. Um, so they're all, you know positives for him coming into the dogs but there's heaps more cons i mean new team new system new coach new weapons combos adjustment going from that high high octane offensive powerhouse that the panthers were down to a gritty down and dirty defense orientated team that just like to complete their sets you know, that's a big fucking difference in the way you attack, isn't it? And, mate, just for example, uh, Kyle Flanagan, he came the year before from the Sydney Roosters with an average of 59. Uh, he finished last year with an average of 37. So that is a dramatic drop. And I understand Kyle Flanagan's a very different player to Matt Burton. I understand he had the goal kicking at the Roosters as well. But even if we take 12 points off him a game for goal kicking when he was at the Roosters, you're still looking at 47 to 37. 10 points in the modern game where it's easier to score points than it ever has been to go down by that much. It certainly says something. And then you look at the other half in the team that played last year, Jake Avrillo, he had the goal kicking as well for the vast majority of the time he played in the halves. He only averaged 46. Now, Matt Burns a better football than both of those guys. And I understand that, but we're not talking about Avarillo and Flano going in the first three or four rounds. Whereas we, people will be considering Matt Burton there. I agree with you. I think it's a little bit of a trap. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's got trap written all over his forehead. I mean, the only thing that'll go in his favour is like like the hooking spot. Five eight's pretty scary. I mean, it's it's very shallow. Like you got Cody, Mad Dog, Hines, Dewey, and then fucking who? Do you know what I mean? Like 
it drops off the side of a cliff after that. And, you know, that's probably when people are going to be looking at him. Um, I mean, with the acquisitions that the, the Bulldogs have made, you would think that they're going to be a little bit more staunch around the middle. That'll probably help them in the middle third of the field, which will give him space. I mean, you've got some extra weapons, you know, the Fox is there. So look, it's just, it's such a what if. And like I said at the start, if you want him, you're going to have to go early. And it's just the question marks way too big to be spending that kind of pick on him. I was having a look at when, when he did play 5-8 uh, this year with the Panthers. He had a base uh, average of 25 points, which is good but not great. But if, you, if you're going this early on Burton, you need that attacking upside. You can't be relying on that base. Let me, let me ask you this. If he is there at pick 40, do you look at him? Oh, you look at him. Yeah. You definitely you definitely look at him because I'm guessing that the guys that I mentioned before, Cody Mad Dog Hines, Dewey, and probably, you know, a couple of other halves have gone as well. And if you don't have a five eight, um, yeah, you're definitely looking at him. Yeah, he's a, God, he's an interesting one. When you have a look at their run home, depending on when your grand final is, round 22, the Canterbury Bulldogs, they play the Warriors. That's over there in New Zealand. Uh, round 23, they play the Parramatta Eels. Round 24, they play the Sharks, who I think defensively will be really strong. And then round 25, they play the Manly Seagulls. Now, that Manly game, that might be a little blessing in disguise. If Manly are locked into a top four spot, which I, which I think is possible, they might rest a few guys in the lead up to finals. We've seen them do it previously. So, I mean, potentially there could be a silver lining there, but fuck, it's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot to gamble on this guy in the hope of that, considering he has to play the Sharks and the Eels in the two weeks leading up to it. It's a tough run. It is a tough run. But like you said, if all these guys are gone, you're looking at him 40-plus uh, in your picks. The dual eligibility is the clencher there. You know, 5-8 CTW. It affords you so much flexibility in your side, especially if you're going to pick up, you know, a couple of flyers in your halves later on in the draft. But I think it comes down to, and I always say this, back your gut. If you're a believer, if you think he's going to go hard, if you think he's going to go well, then fucking go him. Like, don't be a pussy. Don't be a coward fucking back your gut and get him. I'll tell you what would have been really interesting if Canterbury would have landed, I don't know, a Mitchell Pierce. If he wouldn't have gone over there and all of a sudden he's at seven, all of a sudden I'm looking at Burton going, fuck, maybe he can get a 60 to 70 point average, but the halfback, the halfback spot is just too much of a worry for me. Trent Barrett had an entire year to, to organize a way to play that would suit Matt Burton. And seemingly he's nowhere fucking near it at the moment. And the thing, we were, we're all so high on Trent Barrett coming into this dog system, bringing that attacking prowess from the Panthers and injecting it into this bulldog side. We're all going, yes, they're going to have some attacking upside. You know, they're finally going to have, you know, a nice end to their sets. And it just didn't happen, did it? No, it just, it just never clicked. I was very high on them as well. I was just thinking off the top of my head, mate, if you do end up with Matt Burton now... I'm expecting he will play mostly on the left edge for the Canterbury Bulldogs. Mate, if you, if, you, if you end up with Burton, I think you're silly not to probably pair him up with RFM on that left edge. Oh, I love that. I love that. If Yeah, if, if Big Ray can stay healthy and get on the park, I mean, I was massive. I mean, I was sucking his dick all the way down the Chewy Centre in the preseason of 2021. Just I just wanted him in every team that I was running. Um, and it just it just didn't happen. You know, the, the injuries piled up, and before you know it, he just didn't play any. 
Um, so, mate, if he's good to go and you've got a bloke like Matt Burton setting him up, and again, like I said, he's going to have a really good running game, um, Matty Burton. So what that's going to do is that's going to – it's going to attract defenders. Yeah. And he'll start learning that once he attracts defenders, there's just going to be space on his outside. And, you know, big RFM running that straight hard line, 10 metres out. He's unstoppable. Yep, I agree, man. I like it. Yeah, I would argue that if you end up in a spot where you get Matt Burton, there is no point putting your toe in the pool. You might as well bomb in. You might as well take RFM and just back them in, in my opinion. Let's move to our uh, bang for your buck and... I absolutely fucking love this guy. Katoni Staggs up at the Brisbane Broncos. I had him last year. Waited forever, forever for him to come back. He came back. He played four games. He scored 64 points in 60 minutes. Uh, He went off for 20 minutes. In that 20 minutes, the guy that stepped into his role, I think it was Jesse Arthurs, he scored about 50 points. And dare I say, Katoni Staggs, if he was there in that moment, he would have shit in there. So he was unlucky not to score 100 that day. Uh, He scored 50 the next week. 43 the week after, and then 90 uh, the week after that for a 62 average across four games coming back from an ACL injury. This bloke is the real fucking deal. Oh, mate. Three tries in those four games as well. I mean, it's just all about him being healthy. And this isn't a Broncos side that was struggling. I mean, had no halves. They were just giving him him the ball so early and just going, please, Katoni, do something for us. And he was. He looked really good. And how I equate this pick here, and I'm with you, I like, I love him, but it's the poor man's 2021 turbo dilemma, isn't it? Because it's one of the biggest gambles into 2022. You know the potential. You know if he stays in the park and comes in here red hot, ready to go, that you're going to get a fucking super coach gun. And for value, because people are going to be scared about picking him, obviously because of the injury history. But if it all works out for you, you're going to look like a fucking genius. I mean, the thing is, we know what he can do with the ball in hand. You know, he's near unstoppable, close to the line. Throw Adam Reynolds in there, who is a right side half. So now you've got Adam Reynolds feeding him the ball. We know that Adam Reynolds can feed big, strong players off his hip. Think Sam Burgess. Think Campbell Graham. He knows how to use them. Bet your fucking bottom dollar you know, he's going to know how to use Katoni Staggs. So I just think that's all pointing to an upward trajectory for Katoni Staggs. It's a big word for fucking this late at night, mate. You like that one? That is a fucking huge word. That's a huge word for you at any time of the day, my true. friend. Very now, true. I would argue that, yes, last year the only the only play that where they used Staggs was just give him early ball, but... Mate, because I had him and I was watching him so closely, I had a fucking heart on for him for four and a half months. I would argue that they weren't utilizing him anywhere near as much as what they needed to. Uh, as no. you said, I think Adam Reynolds would be great. And I'm assuming, I'm just thinking off the top of my head how they'll line up. Are we expecting Kurt Capewell to be on the right side with him? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's played the majority of his time at Panthers on the right edge. So... I'm guessing that's probably the go. Um, who's the other back rowers there? Well, well, for the... The, well, the other one was Alex Glenn on the left. He's obviously gone now too. So it could go one of a few ways. The, the other one that I wouldn't mind landing over there is that young TC Rabati. He's got a handy little offload. He's destructive. I wouldn't mind seeing him land there. But I, I think Adam Reynolds arriving there and just understanding how good 
this bloke is. I think that he will just get a heap of ball. The worry with Katoni, and it's something that I really noticed last year, the fullback, Tessie New, uh, and this will be real super coach nerd areas by me, cannot pass left to right to fucking save himself. And I think it shows because he constantly takes the run down that edge. That is the one worry with me, with Katoni. But, mate, surely if this team's going to be successful, Kevin Walters has to make it clear that this guy has to touch the ball upward of 20 times a game. Surely they're talking about it. I mean, he's the big swinging dick in the side. And Adam Reynolds coming to the side as a half, you're you're identifying the weapons that you need to use in this team. You want blokes around you that are going to make you look good, right? So Adam Reynolds is definitely going, okay, fuck, on the right edge over here, just get out of his way. Just get the fuck out of his way when I want to use him. And that's why they brought Adam Reynolds there. And I'm excited to see how the Broncos go with an actual fucking halfback. Yeah. We've been waiting for it for four years. We've fi- finally got it. We're going to see the Broncos with an actual general steering the ship around the park and being able to get the best out of these gun players like Katoni Staggs. So, man, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm, I'm keen. And I, he, this, is a, this is a guy that I would take a gamble on. He averaged 62 last year in those four games. The year before, when people remember the Broncos came dead last, they were fucking awful. He still averaged 59. I mean, if Adam Reynolds can turn this side into even a 10-7 to 7 team on the ladder, I mean, it just opens up for Katoni Staggs. It could be absolutely anything for him next year. Um, he's a guy that I am super fucking keen on. I think there's going to be proper value. I think people will be a little bit scared off him. I think the vast majority of people will be scared off him in draft comps, so the value will be there. We have a look at his run home. Uh, round 22, he plays the Newcastle Knights. I like that matchup. It's at Suncourt. Uh, round 23, he plays the Melbourne Storm. Thankfully, not in Melbourne, but um, still a tough gig against Melbourne. Then he plays Parramatta, but the one that stands out for me, mate, uh, he plays the Dragons in the last week. I absolutely love that matchup. Yeah, yeah, big time. Um, and from memory, so he's going to be in the right edge. So it's the weaker edge for, for the Dragons as well. Obviously, on the right edge for the Dragons, you've got, um, uh, what's his name? Fucking the goal kicker. That's their weapon edge, the right edge for the yeah, Dragons. Lomax. Lomax, that's yeah. him. Um, so, yeah, I love that matchup. So... I don't know. What what are you thinking here as in, like, when you're going to pounce? I've got a bad feeling that I'm going to go too early on him, to be honest with you. I've got a terrible feeling, gut feel, that I will go a little bit early on him. But he's a guy that I won't be disappointed to go early on him. He'll be a guy that I'll just be glad that I've fucking got. But for me, I'm sort of thinking... I, I could go him as early as round five in like a 10 or 12-man comp. Um, Love I, it. Love I, it. That's what I've got down here, man. Yeah, yeah. I, yep. oh, fuck. I, I probably couldn't push round four, but I, maybe late, late round four, depending on how my team goes in the first few picks. If I don't have a true high-ceiling guy, he's a guy that I would be happy to sort of gamble on if I needed a fellow like that. Um, the, the other thing to consider is... Who's going to end up outside him? If it's a Jermaine Osako, I don't mind that as a little pairing, but he's fallen out of favor a couple of times. If you have got Tony Staggs, one guy that I would just keep in mind is Jordan Piera. Maybe grab him as, a, as an extra bench guy. He's a guy that's been at the Dragons the last few years. I think he's been 
terribly underutilized the Fuck, Dragons. Got some base on him. Oh, mate, he's got huge base. And if he... The best thing about Katoni is that as as much of a great runner as he is, he is always looking for a pass. He's always looking for an offload. I had I had Katoni and uh, Isako last year, and the few games they played together, they had a really good combo because Katoni is always looking for the offload, looking for the pass. So if you can pair him up uh, with that right winger for the Brisbane Broncos. I'm just not sure who it's going to be at the moment, but that's definitely one to watch in the trials. I think similar to the Burton and RFM, Stags and whoever that right edge winger is, I think it'll be a good little punt. Yeah, 100%. I mean, also with your draft strategies, and I'm sure you and I will go through this in the new year at depth, but your strategies coming in, especially if they don't change the scoring system, if it's just the same as it was in 21, then you need to be looking for these sort of gambles for your upside CTWs. You have to be looking at going earlier than you're normally comfortable to go with CTWs. Now, all of us that have played Supercoach draft for a long time, you know, picking a CTW around four, you shiver. You go, oh, no way. But you're going to have to. You would rather stack your side with all upside guys base guys it's flipped on its head your strategy needs to flip now because it's all about these upside guys would it shock you if Katoni Staggs was to play a full season injury free would it shock you if he finished in the top 20 players no no I'm look if if everything clicks there at the Broncos if Adam Reynolds Reynolds comes in and plays like he he know he can and I, I feel like he's he just unlocks the potential for some of these young blokes that are playing up there at Brisbane. I can see Katoni averaging north of 70. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think you can put... Mate, he, he averaged 62 last year. The team was going like a busted asshole. They didn't yeah. know how to use him. I, mate, I don't even think Adam Reynolds needs to turn this team into a great team. He just needs to turn... The, he just needs to provide Katoni with three more opportunities a game, and I'm confident... That can produce another 20 points. Mate, and I talked about it when we were looking at Latrell Mitchell and what they're going to lack, and that's that long kicking game. That's putting your team into a really good spot to to attack the line, you know? Have those opportunities to do what you want in your offense and and put those, those plays on and, and use your weapons around. That's what Adam Reynolds brings to a side. He's, he's going to steer him around the park. He's going to get him into a really good position, and that's when you're going to see these guys fucking just go... Pew! And, and Katoni Stags is going to be one of them. I mean, the 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 best we saw of Katoni Stags was when he was twenty meters out. Yeah, yeah, and I and I think back to last year as well. He came back from an ACL. There was, you know, he didn't play reserve grade or anything. He came straight into first grade, and you know, obviously, you need to get your match fitness up. The first three weeks, 64, 50, 43, You get to about that 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 month mark, I imagine, and it sort of starts to come back. He pulled off a ninety the week after. I. Mate, I definitely think north of 70 is well and truly um, is well and truly in his grasp if he is injury-free the whole year. The last thing that fills me with a little bit of confidence with Katoni is that he was meant to make his boxing debut in a couple of weeks. Uh, He's pulled out uh, of that fight. That's I, I like that. I, I know yeah. it's a little thing, Good. but it shows Good. me that he's, he's fed income about next season, you know? Is everyone just boxing now? All NRL players box, boxers now? Like, give it a rest, guys. I, know, I think it might be Sick the best thing that's it. ever happened to boxing, just quietly. <laughs> yeah, but everybody's throwing their hand up. Fucking hell. If you're a purist boxer, if you're a bloke that was making, a, making you up the ranks, you'd be filthy. 
right, Supercoach Summer Series Episode 1 done and dusted. Our loaded gun, Latrell Mitchell. Our wildcard, Matty Burton. I think we'll both be steering clear of Berto. And then, of course, our bang for your buck, our value man, Katoni Stay. So I've got a sneaking suspicion both of us might end up with just quietly. Yep, get him in my side. Go with your vibe. Go with your gut. Joining us once again, mate, and thank you for having me on the weekly rubdown as well. Uh, We'll be back over the next few days for another episode of the Supercoach Summer Series. Pleasure.